The pulsing ache of Asmodai's brand remained, though the pain was rapidly changing to something else. A strange mixture of pressure, heat, and pain was something I was growing increasingly accustomed to. Amunda pushed the pew back into place, bending down to pick something up from the floor. I couldn't really see what it was, as Andy soon drew my attention. Sorry, Bells, about not killing Father Thomas, Andy tried to console. It doesn't matter, I pointed out. For now we need to prepare the ritual to... I had to spin this situation to be beneficial to Andy. The man had made a deal with Asmodai for physical strength and power though I'm sure that Asmodai left out the fact that Annie would merely become a vessel for the Lord of Wrath. Empower you fully, I explained. Andy was pleased as we walked into the main cell block, where the odd guards were getting inmates back into their cells. A few guards had locked themselves inside in an attempt to protect themselves from our troop. Even stronger sounds good, he cracked his knuckles. I want to pluck the feathers off Miller's new wings like he's a damn chicken. That would be a rather large supply of angel feathers, considering what I could do with one so far. I was excited to think of what we could do with more. Okay, boys, Andy grinned to the hulking inmates, which were the possessed men given the potions I made. Now Andy has them enthralled to his will. Nah, let's get everyone tucked back into their beds, Andy grinned wickedly. They need to say their evening prayers. I grinned and turned to Amunda. We have a ritual to design. Amunda nodded, heading down to the ground floor behind me. What sort? I leaned over to Amunda. Invocation of the spirit. Amunda leaned down to me, whispering. We will invoke Asmodai into that man? Exactly. I was proud of Amunda. For once. He had been paying attention. Amunda took a deep breath. Invocation, he began, is something I have personal experience with. It can be hard on the vessel. My eyebrow rose. How so? Amunda cleared his throat. I channeled a demon once at the hands of my master. Every bit of injury that I ignored. Every motion and feat of strength I made that was supernatural took a toll on my physical form. I was bedridden for weeks following the invocation. I nodded. But for you, the demon left? Yes, Amunda said, working to keep his voice down as Andy and his minions forced other inmates back into their cells, or locked the guards in along with them. It did not leave me well. I have done a soul exchange in a vessel before, I explained. It required a blood sacrifice, of course, but it was permanent. I felt a phantom pain in my abdomen as I finished that sentence at least until Father Thomas cast him back out. Amunda ran his hand along with his beard. For an invocation of a spirit like Asmodai, you'd need a rather large blood sacrifice. Amunda trailed off, his eyes going wide as he looked around. He glanced at the floor, realizing we had stopped at a drain at the bottom of the cell block. Bella, what are we sacrificing? I looked up to the cell surrounding us and grinned wide. All of them. The color ran from Amunda's face as he looked at all the cells. At least a hundred different inmates and guards. When did he command this? I laughed. He didn't. I waved my hand to the surrounding cells. We need a powerful sacrifice, Amunda. And this is it. One hundred men? Amunda said in shock. 
How will we even let that much blood? How will it all meet in the center? I pointed to the drain at our feet. Everything flows down. And besides, the act of the sacrifice is far more potent than the blood itself. Amunda glared at me. You're dead. Last I checked was barely ten souls. Why now seek one hundred? I grabbed his beard, dragging him down to meet me eye to eye. Because the more we give, the more we make up for past failures. And besides, I grumbled as I let go of his beard. We're doing the world a favor by killing these bastards. I gathered up a decent amount of blood onto my fingers from the bottle Alec had unwillingly donated. As I approached the drain, I called back. Come on, Amunda. We're drawing this circle in blood. I grinned. There is no call to bind this demon. Amunda looked around the room. We may not need to sacrifice all these men. I may have something more potent. Amunda teased, as he pulled a small disc out of his pocket. My eyes went wide as I saw it again. That red obsidian disc. How did Amunda have it again? I growled as I marched up to him getting face to face with him, despite him being taller than me. Where did you get that? The disc radiated with purified energies now, but it would not be hard to corrupt it, that much I knew. The priest had it, he said. He likely wished to use it against you, but he dropped it in your confrontation. Give that to me, I demanded, my palm opened. Imunda was reluctant at first. Let me first remove the holy symbols on it. Give it to me. I said with an added flourish. Now. Amunda frowned and handed it over. The spirits which I had around me shivered in a mix of fear and excitement, and the feeling was mutual. Using the tainted blood still on my fingers and smeared them over the holy symbols crudely etched into its surface. Wherever there is light, there is darkness. Spirits of shadow and the nightshade, this object's purity from the light, let its purity grow contrite, and allow darkness to creep from the night. Corruption of the soul be done. I grinned as the obsidian shifted, the holy marks burning off of it and floating into the air like smoke. Black marks swirling around the object, until the sigil of Asmodei sat upon it. How perfect! I glanced to the brand on my shoulder. His power even now is pushing my magic to new heights. How lovely! Even so, this invocation will require death. Amunda held his hand out. This was mine long before it was yours. Amunda, I smiled to him, holding the small medallion of the sanguine amber in my hand. Do you think I care? Amunda glared at me and reached out to take the amber back. I gripped the amber tightly in my hands, and I heard a dark voice whisper an incantation to me. I grinned. By sharp wit and sincere shame, bring forth Haberim's flame. Heat sears my flesh for a moment, and I gasped in shock. My hair floating up as heat rose all around me. A bolt of fire burst from the ember, whizzing past Amunda's head. The ember grew warm in my hand as I grinned wide to Amunda. You are not the master, Amunda. The charade need not continue. The heat of casting it seared the flesh on my hand a moment later. I flinched as the spell's price was paid. Those incantations are taking a toll on you, Bella, Amunda glared. I may not be as gifted as you, but I know that every spell, every incantation has a price to pay. He narrowed his eyes. What are you willing to give? 
I glanced to my right, spotting an occupied cell. Everything. I walked towards the cell. We had work to do, and I wouldn't let us fall behind. Complete the invocation circle, I ordered. We need to collect regions. Standing in the cell was an imposing man, standing well over six feet tall with multiple makeshift tattoos and scars over his skin. He had light eyes that looked at me hungrily. Esta sardiendo, chica, he said, looking me over. You want something in here, mommy? Oh, yes, I do, I smiled, approaching the bars. He walked up to the bars to greet me, grabbing my hand roughly as he did so. In any other situation, I would have felt unnerved, but I was calm, the constant heat pulsing from the brand on my shoulder almost assuring me. You got a bit too close, chica. You know how long it's been since I had a woman? He grinned at me. But don't worry, you're in for a treat. His free hand opened up his zipper. Come on, give it a kiss. It won't disappoint you, mommy. I glanced down to his exposed prick, looking back to him with a smile. Threaten me with a good time, why don't you? Oh yeah, knew you were a freak, he grinned. Go on, wrap those pretty lips around it. Can't do your freaky crap with your mouthful right. Oh, you're right. My free hand moved to my blade. Let me have a closer look, Poppy. And just as his dick grew erect, I sliced it off with my blade. He screamed, grabbing the stump of his dick and recoiling into the back of his cell, cursing in Spanish as I picked up his deflating dick from the ground. Oh dear, you dropped this, I taunted, wriggling the little guy up and down in between my fingers. You crazy bitch, he screamed, his voice cracking as he did so. What the hell is wrong with you? Ah, oh, hell, you, you, you cut my dick off, you bitch. My bram pulsed with more heat, the skin around it shivering as I could feel the sharp yet invigorating pain of the fire surging within me come forth. I reached out to him, and in an instant, I pulled him against the bars with one of my spirits. The spirit had grown so much stronger now, empowered by something, perhaps the mere prospect of my dark master coming forth. Either way, the gangbanger in the cell was helpless, as I methodically slid my knife under his armpit. Shh, don't worry, baby, I'll be gentle, I teased, the knife cutting hair from his body before I plunged it in. How, what are you? What are you? I asked him, grinning. Within your heart, now reveal, your secret sins, your darkest art. His frightened eyes revealed, unsurprisingly, visions of him violently raping his fair share of women. I might be too big for your little hole, I informed. Everyone bleeds their first time, Poppy. You'll grow to like it. Promise. I slowly stuck the knife into his flesh, repeating something he once said to a victim. He struggled, grunting as he did so. I pulled the knife out with a flourish and watched as blood gushed from under his arm. He staggered back from the bars, blood rushing down his side. What? What the hell did you do? Oh. He collapsed to his knees. Oh, damn. I got down to my haunches, locking my eyes with his as he grew pale. Was it good for you, Poppy? He fell face forward into a pool of his own blood, the blood oozing from under the bars of his cell. Amunda stood over the drain, 
a scowl on his face. It's done. I glanced to the floor and inspected the runes. Amunda's loyalty was becoming questionable, as he was flinching at the oncoming train. Still, he had performed his task well. Amunda drew the runes perfectly, and with practiced precision. The circle was symmetrical, and the center was the drain in the floor, where Andy would stand to receive my new master. Well done, I praised. Now grab a knife. We have to let these sacrificial lambs. Even with the amber? Amunda argued. Yes, I explained. Especially with the amber? Andy approached Amunda and I. You going to help, sweetness? I beamed at him. Oh yeah, in fact, I've already started. I motioned to the prisoner I had just castrated and killed. Andy chuckled. Oh, <laughs> what a way to go. I continued to beam. Oh, Andy, I had a question. You mentioned that Asmodeus Demoness, she had a name? Andy nodded. Demoness? Barely. She's a succubus named Sarah Baker. He grinned wide, a wild look in his eye. Master promised that if I did well, I could have a turn at her. Oh, how lovely, I grinned. If that woman was a succubus, she had to be one of the more powerful ones. She would have to be, of course, being Asmodeus Thrall. Andy must not have really understood what having sex with a succubus actually meant. This wasn't a pleasure cruise. It meant Asmodeus was offering to feed Andy to his thrall. A rather unceremonious way to go, if you ask me. Amunda nodded. Yes, that name sounds familiar. And, I continued, why is it that our angel is so defensive about this particular succubus? Andy chuckled. Well, way back when, Belial tricked the little bitch into selling him her soul. But before they dragged her down to hell, she had a bouncing baby boy. A coy look came over Andy. Guess who that kid was? It made sense now. That angel? Jason Miller, or Detective Jason Miller, Andy spat. He wasn't always like this. He wasn't like that a few months ago, so... With him getting a new thing, I got some supernatural backers too. This made sense. The first angel I saw at the Vatican was far more powerful. He caused my blood to run cold, and I felt naked and exposed before his penitent gaze. But this younger angel, a man... Barely a year into his power. While still potent, he was not nearly as threatening. I'd have to recall this for later. Hours had passed as we made pincushions out of the inmates. Some were easier than others. By the time we finished, we had a good system put together. It involved a long stick we could use to stab into the cell. I would use my magic to remove any feeble barriers that the inmates or guards had erected. Or Andy would use brute strength. Before long, we had nearly done every cell, except for a handful of guards, of whom I had plans. We tied the four men up, secured by two of Andy's hulking inmates. Why did you want these four alive? Andy asked, grinning wickedly to the frightened guards. First to test the circle, I smiled to Andy. And secondly, to give us a little privacy. Andy grinned. Oh, you want to make good on that baby-making offer? I flinched but quickly put on my pleasant face. I had forgotten that comment to Andy when we first met. It was clear he did not understand this was to distract the guards, not to hit on him. I meant for the channeling.
From the right side, something tackled Andy abruptly, knocked back by some unseen figure. I turned in shock to see Detective Jason Miller had returned. No trench coat this time. His wings out and proud. Sorry, bitch. I'm cutting your cable. No channeling for you today. Oh, how gosh. I rolled my eyes. Are you here to foil our plans? I mocked. Jason chuckled, turning to me. Something like that. Amunda rushed in front of me. Stay back, Angel. I am... Jason shocked Amunda in the gut, and I had to stifle a laugh. Taking a seat. The two hulking inmates stood up from the guards, marching towards Jason. I took a step back, pulling the amber from my bust as the inmates came to blows with Jason. Like Andy, Jason had potent strength. With ease, he blocked the brute's punches and landed his own blows. But as I watched him scuffle with the pair, his rookie status became clear. He could have used his wings to gain an advantage on the two thugs, rising over their heads, or even worked to ensure they bumbled into one another. Instead, Jason fought them head-on, full of bravado. Finally, both inmates rushed Jason, grabbing him by either arm. Struggling now for the first time, I grinned. Well, seems you've run out of steam, Bertie. Jason gritted his teeth, and I had to step back as a potent Holy Spirit filled him. He screamed, and as he did so, his wings spread, feathers ruffling outward as a burst of holy energy blasted the inmates back, dazing them. I had to turn away from the light, my hands up shielding my eyes as I did so. However, in short order, Jason's hand grabbed my wrist. Call off your damn zombies, bitch, Jason growled to me. I know you value your own skin above everyone else's. He grinned. I got a little inside information on you. I stood upright, as his other hand grabbed my wrist. So what? If I don't do so, you'll kill me? Send me to hell? That's the idea, Jason said. I'm an angel of retribution. Death to the wicked ain't outside of my wheelhouse. I frowned. Oh dear. Well, if I'm going to hell, I suppose I ought to say hello to your mother. Jason's eyes narrowed on me. Watch it, witch. Watch what? I taunted. Your mother performing fellatio in hell? Jason's lips twitched, and I watched his eyes flicker as anger came over him. I gripped the amber in my hand now, quickly chanting. Dark fire, hell fire, burning in my skin, ripped forth from thy dark pyre, empowered by my sin. I could feel my soul burn for a moment as flames engulfed me, burning Jason's hands and sending him staggering backwards, cursing up a storm. My hair swirled over my head as I shivered as heat and flames surged around me, singeing the ground, but not my clothing or flesh. As Jason stumbled back, his hands singed from my potent dark magic. Andy was on his feet, down with a brick in his hand. Night, night, Jason, Andy said, cracking Jason on the side of the head, sending the angel to the ground. I grinned, pulling the fire back inside of me, canceling the spell. As I did, I felt a fire burn parts of my flesh, and something else deeper inside. I recalled Amunda's warning about the dark magic, but it wouldn't matter soon. I stood over the felled angel Jason as I joined the others. Arrogant of him to come alone. Andy looked around. Yeah, thought he was bringing back up. Maybe he went to scout ahead, Amunda suggested. I frowned. That would pose a problem if he didn't report back. 
and the prison was in the disarray that it was. I turned to the four guards, grinning. Well, now or never, yes. Bring them to the circle. The hulking inmates had gotten to their feet, grunting in protest as they lumbered over to the guards and dragged two of them to the center of the circle. Andy, you stay out there for now, I instructed. This is only a test. Andy chuckled. Oh, that's fine. He picked up Jason's unconscious body. I want Jason to see the fun anyway. Man, do I have a plan for that. He walked off carrying the passed out angel. Amunda and I traveled to the center of the circle with one guard. I glanced down to the first guard, a man who I paid little mind. Please, he begged. Please don't do this. Do you even know what I'm about to do? I said, pulling the amber from my pocket. Uh, I don't, but... I cut him off as I chanted. Dark servant of Asmodai, wherever you are, I appeal to you. On the wings of words that fly, whatever the distance, traverse time and space, and appear in this man's presence. His eyes rolled into the back of his head as the circle lit up. He collapsed over the drain and convulsed. Aaron, the other guard shouted. What the hell did you do to him? Their circle's runes and lines glowed a bright red before shifting green. The glowing light converged on his body, and he gave a final convulsion before the lights went dim around him. Amunda approached the guard, kneeling next to him as his eyes opened, a hint of green behind them. Oh, it's nice to be out and about, the guard grinned. Good, I smiled. Go guard the outside like everything is normal. Keep anyone from coming inside. I motioned to the other guard. Bring me that one. We need to make sure no one bothers us. Aaron, don't do it, man! The other guard cried out as the inmate dragged him to the center of the circle. Aaron, the possessed guard, chuckled, turning to his friend. See you soon, buddy. He walked out of the room. I grinned to the second guard. Don't worry, it will be over soon. I repeated the spell with the same effect, grinning widely as he walked off, this time following the second guard. Upon seeing one another, they nodded. Malik, Aaron asked. Yeah, sick gig, right? Malik responded. Both of you hush, I chided. You're just the witch, Aaron growled. Or rather, the demon in Aaron's body. We don't have to listen to everything you say, just what the big boss told us. I revealed Asmodai's brand on me and both shrunk back. Hush, I reiterated. Both nodded, looking back at the windows of the prison. A good number of the windows had broken glass, or stains with blood on the inside. I took a deep breath and tried to see the limits of my new abilities. I chanted my glimmer spell upon the prison itself. Spirits of the darkness, shadows of the moonless night, invisible legions of the world without light, gather ye now round that all may hear, gather ye now round that all may see, gather ye now round that all may be, in accordance as one acting as guardians, shielders, and protectors, hiding this form from the light of day, from the senses of the seekers, so that even whilst they search in earnest, lo, shall it not be found. So it may be, let it be. To my surprise, I watched as the front of the prison shifted, like I moved a glass panel over it, and immediately all seemed well. The prison appeared as normal, Clean windows and unmarred walls shone nothing out of the ordinary. 
I grinned and turned to the pair of guards. Let no one inside, understand? I turned to walk back, but a sudden weakness took hold of me, and I fell to one knee. My hands hit the dirt, and for a moment, as I looked down at the ground, I thought I saw my mother's face staring back at me. I blinked hard. It was the same face I saw staring back after she had passed on. The only difference was that somehow in the dust and debris on the ground, it seemed like there were tears in her eyes. I shook my head to clear my mind, eyes closed tight. As I opened them again, I saw nothing but black pavement. With more effort than I should have needed, I managed to my feet. One of my legs felt weaker than the other, Amunda's annoying warning repeating in my head. I gritted my teeth and pushed past the pain, regaining my gait, though with considerable discomfort in my hip. Amunda was finishing some kind of lesser ritual on the ground. As he looked up to me, he must have seen the look of pain on my face. What happened? We're free to cast our invocation, I clarified. What have you been up to? I've sealed this place against godly magics, he explained. Unholy wards. I'm not used to you being useful for a change, I smiled. Well done. Amunda was about to say something in retort, but Andy interrupted us. Oh, this is going to be good. I heard chains rattling as a crudely made cross, upside down, of course, rose into the air. I grinned as I noticed Andy tied Jason to the corner, upside down with heavy chains. Fitting. Jason groaned as he slowly came to. Sanders. The cross spun slowly back and forth as it finally rose to its full height of nearly ten feet off the ground. Hey, Miller. Andy grinned. Wanna watch me become a damn god? Sanders, Jason grunted. You don't know what you're screwing with. Stop now and you might just save your soul. Andy laughed. Come on, Bells, let's do this. Jason glared at me. Did you tell him what you really planned to do, witch? I ignored him, moving to the ritual circle. Amunda stood across from me with Andy standing within. His hulking goons, all four of them, stood around the circle. Amunda's face grew serious. Ready? I nodded, holding up the amber. Ready. In unison, we chanted the sacrificial spell. Low dark masters, these sacrifices made in blood we offer to you. May our loyalty and sin bring forth your greatest boon. For power and pride, for lust and desire, with hunger and greed, and through deepest anger. I held up the amber, and in a vision of beauty, I watched as the blood that was dripping down from every cell and onto every surface now floated above us. Gathering above my hand, above the amber, in a massive orb of oozing dark liquid, I smiled as the coppery smell became stronger, more overwhelming. Andy held his hands up. Come on, baby. Give it to me. I turned to Andy. Do not speak. You may corrupt the rest of the spell. Amunda shook his head. Thankfully, your outburst came at the reprieve. Any fool knows not to speak during a casting. Andy chuckled. I'll be a church mouse from here on out. Amunda nodded to me and cleared his throat. Shall we? I nodded. Invocation of Lord Asmodai. Understand? Amunda nodded. We continued. Lord Asmodai, from your throne in hell we appeal to you. 
on the wings of words that fly, whatever the distance, traverse time and space, and appear within this man's presence. The blood burned in the air, and as it did it grew smaller. The circle's lines glowed red, and I could feel the heat emanating from the ground. My feet suddenly could not move. I looked to Amunda, now with the same sudden panic. Andy was too busy looking up at the shrieking ball. I get it. Yes. Yes, let's do this. He tilted his head back. His mouth opened wide as the ball, now about the size of a fist, floated down into his mouth. I gasped as a foul, sulfurous scent burst from Andy, the circle's light glowing brightly. I could still not move my feet. Amunda, what did you do wrong? Amunda glared at me. No, I did nothing wrong. He looked at Andy. I held my feet fast to the ground within the sigil, and I was quickly growing concerned that Amunda and I would be the next sacrifices within it. One of you must remain within the circle, Asmodai's voice whispered, to bring forth my true power. <laughs>